sound haggard tonight. I have a major sore throat because I went to a Cannibal Corpse show Tuesday night. She did. I seen the pictures. It was my first time ever seeing Cannibal Corpse, and it was fucking mind-blowing. But I did a lot of screaming. I've heard the tales. It sounded like she had a really good time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love death metal shows because the vibes are usually really good, and I didn't want to get murdered in the mosh pit, so... I was kind of standing off to the side just doing my thing and at one point this guy just kind of took me by the shoulders and guided me to the very front. (laughs) I don't know what his motivations were because he didn't talk to me for the rest of the night but that was really fucking awesome. Huh, and he didn't grope you or anything? No, he just put me there and then fucked off. It was (sighs) great. I love metal shows. I've never had a bad experience at a metal show. I did get, okay, I did get a rib bruised and or cracked at one show in Atlanta because the stage came up to my ribs and uh, then the push forward. I love live metal, but I, I'm just going to say it. I fucking hate the mosh pit. I try to steer clear of it. And usually if I do that, it's hunky dory. But every now and then there's just a really rowdy crowd and they don't respect the perimeter of the pit. That is my pet peeve. Yeah, and there's always the one fucking guy who's doing the uh, dance around, like, get more people into it. Yes. Actually, Kelly and I were at a show once, and... We've talked about this before. Oh, okay. The guy we slapped in the balls. Yeah, that. <laughs> or was it Or was it the guy that we hit with the drumstick? Because we had a drumstick and a drum head, and we beat the shit out of one dude with both. That was a different one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this dude kept literally coming over and, like threatening to push us and then finally he reached for us and we just wailed on him (laughs) our weaponry yeah there's unspoken rules of the mosh pit perimeter and one of them is if you get shoved and you bump into my person yes i know that's going to happen but if you reach out for me to like drag me into the pit i'm going to assault you with whatever i have on hand which was a drumstick and a drum head. <laughs> and so we both have big girl jobs, as we talked about before. But on that same show, they dumped fucking glitter. Glitter. Yes, Rachel got glitter bombed. And it's so funny because it wasn't even just like, hello, Tennessee, blast. It was the end of the show. The lights are up. Everyone's leaving. And then some guy just randomly goes, kapow. And I was like, god damn it. And it was like a direct hit in Rachel's face. <laughs> uh, and then the next day at work, I was covered in glitter. So my very conservative, super sweet boss that I loved to death was like, hey, why are you covered in glitter? And I don't remember what band we saw but i remember they had a name that hinted that they were like oh i remember (laughs) (laughs) who was it combi christ oh yeah combi christ okay he's like a super christian dude and i was like i really Mm. don't want to say their fucking name i don't want to say it because i didn't want him to think less of me or i was worried about offending him in some way so i was like I don't want to say who I went and saw. And then he was like, well, what venue were you at? And he was like trying to figure it out. And I was like, I went and saw Combi Christ. See, I had a moment like that with one of my coworkers who is, and um, she's older than me and much more conservative. And we were just talking about our plans for the weekend. She's just like, so what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm going to go to a concert in Georgia. And she's like, ooh, who are you going to see? And internally for a split second, I was like... You know what? Fuck it. Cannibal corpse. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to lie. She was speechless. The light left her face. Yeah, she was speechless. She just looked at me like, is she fucking with me? And then I just followed up with, yeah, I'm a metalhead. 
pretty much everyone here knows that already. And she goes, oh, well, I've never heard of them. <laughs> and I was like, well, yeah, you should look them up. I think you'd really dig it. Give him a go. <laughs> Just give him a real gander. I suggest starting with Hammer Smashed Face. You know, it's a better part of their discography. It's a good starting point. Or if you just want to dive right in, there's always entrails ripped from a virgin's cunt. Right, right. You you really, some people prefer to dip their toes in the water while others do prefer the full immersion experience. Yes. I just go balls deep right from the get-go. I agree. I'm in the same camp, Kelly. <laughs> that show was really, really fun, though, but we did beat the shit out of that guy. <laughs> he, he fucking came back. He, like, thought it was funny. God, fuck off. We were like, we clearly do not want to be in the pit. We are on the outside of the pit. We are not, we weren't even like on the outside that the people who were thinking about it, you know what I'm talking about? There's always that edge where it's like, yeah, we're thinking about it. We were clearly fucking not. Yeah. He was just like, oh, look at these two girls. I'll make them get in the pit. And we were like, we will hit we you. We have weapons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> Call the police. We'll get the fuck out of here. Also, I very briefly wanted to talk about another thing I did that I'm really excited about. I read an op-ed piece in some publication, I don't want to say because I don't exactly remember, but it was basically talking about the new trend of experience stores and how fucking depressing and horrible they are. And I went to one and it was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) You millennial bitch. (laughs) So the whole premise of an experience store is that you pay an entry fee and it's a storefront that basically consists of lots of cool photo ops. So you pay, you go, you take cool pictures, and then you fucking leave. But the one I went to was the Winky Lux Experience in Atlanta. And Winky Lux is a brand of cosmetics. They're so fucking cute. Most of their line is based around cats. That's (laughs) adorable. They have the kitten palette collection, and their eyeliner is called Feliner. Nice. Yeah. But I wanted to get a Winky Lux palette anyway, and then I noticed that they had a pop-up experience in Atlanta, So I went, I did the millennial thing, I got discounted makeup, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, and her pictures that she took look straight up like 90s candies shoes ads. They look legit, so thank you Kevin for that, (laughs) and for being a good sport about going to the Winky Lux experience. (laughs) But yeah, I'm calling it now, I foresee experience stores being the next big thing. They're already popping up in major metropolitan areas, but I think it's going to be a thing. Yeah, and I mean... Why not? Yeah, it was fun, and it's a good idea. And I do like Instagram, goddammit. Think about Ikea. The best part of going to Ikea is seeing all the possibilities displayed before you. Right. So Ikea in itself is kind of an experience store, and it fucking works. And I, I was so interested in this idea, because this particular one was not just the experience. It was the experience connected to the retail storefront. And so I was reading about experience stores later that night, and... Yeah, it's something that a lot of corporations are kind of catching on to and testing out in larger cities. So millennials, we we want experiences. We want things we can post on social media, as we have discussed on this podcast before. So I don't just want to go to fucking Walmart and buy my eyeliner. I want it to be an experience. Huh. So I foresee that becoming much more common with some pretty unexpected companies. And I can kind of see that because millennials are broke as shit. Yes. So if you're going out to spend money on something, expecting a little bit more out of whatever you're buying in terms of making it memorable, buying that thing is probably a big deal for you. Yeah, and I totally thought that I am all about getting my damn money's worth. And I was already kind of on the fence about buying a $25 eyeshadow palette for my niece. 
But then when I realized, oh, I can go buy it at this other cool place and get a discount, I'm sold. Yeah, then why not? And it's kind of funny because they're basically just sacrificing square footage that they would use for retail. They're turning that into the experience. And then you're still spending time in the retail space. Yes, exactly. Like from a business standpoint, I'm just so captivated by the whole idea. Pretty fucking genius. Yeah. I've been playing Red Dead Redemption. You and everyone else on the internet. Oh my god, it's so much <laughs> fun though. I am not that good at video games. Actually, if you want, we can Twitch stream playing Red Dead because everybody's playing it and I'm so fucking terrible at it. I would love that. Oh my god, okay, we'll stream playing Red Dead. I mean, I haven't played that many hours of it because I have a baby, but since I haven't played that much of it, the controls still feel kind of clunky for me. So I keep doing the dumbest shit and it has consequences in the game. Like I, there was one mission where you had to shoot these wolves and there's like a guy on a horse and he's saving another guy. It's in like the first 10 minutes. I don't want to fucking hear it if anybody's like, spoilers, (laughs) spoilers, you're on a horse. Oh my God. In the Western game, you bitch, (laughs) you're saving a dude on horseback. (laughs) Yeah. So you have to shoot these wolves and I've fucking sucked at it because i'm not very good at like twitchy aim type games like that it's just not my thing ordinarily what that would mean was i would have to get someone else to beat that part for me and since i have other gamer friends there was always someone that could do it so i could keep playing the fucking game yeah or i would have to play it repeatedly and then it just wouldn't be fun anymore or yeah that's pretty much the end of the options i would have to play it until i beat it and it would be very fun for me this game does this thing where it's like Hey, uh, we see that you're sucking at this. Do you want to skip it? (laughs) (laughs) Whoa. Because it's story-based. So it's basically like you're doing things to progress the story. And it's still a game. But I was just like, are you fucking kidding me? And I had to Google if there were consequences for skipping it. There's no consequences? There's no consequences. Hell yeah. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to shoot these goddamn wolves. For real. Uh, It was, wow. Magic. And it was really funny because I told my group of friends about this. And it was mutually agreed. Oh, yeah, fuck that. That's awesome. All games should do that. So please, please embrace the just because I'm shitty at video games doesn't mean I don't want to make it through this stupid ass mission. Yeah, I really like that idea. I mean, who gives a shit? Exactly. I can do the other things and I could I could hunt perfectly fine. <laughs> so, okay, I am not a gamer I don't think I've played a new video game in the past 10 years, at Except least. for when I have subjected her to yeah, them. Yeah, except when Rachel makes me. And that's always fun. But I remember playing Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Hell yeah. And eventually I was like, I don't like these missions. I'm just going to deliver pizza. <laughs> so that's what I did. That's amazing. <laughs> I would beat hookers. Oh, yeah. I did that a few times, too. And God, I used to have flashbacks of just being in, like, an outright panic with cop helicopters chasing me. Like, I fucked up my entire life. And then you turn off the TV and you're like, oh, wait. Oh, God. (laughs) It wasn't real. You were like, I I live to deliver pizza again. Yeah, those panics are serious. You're like doing everything that you can to hide. And then you're like, come on, just let my star rating go down. I'm in a different fucking county now. Come on. I'm not going to drop any names, but we have a friend that's in a touring band and they covered this one song from the 80s and I went and saw his band and they covered this song and I was like, oh man, this makes me want to play GTA 5. And he was like, 
wait, why? I was like, because that's one of the songs from the game. It's on the radio. And he was like, oh my God. And he like told his bandmates and they were like, why the fuck do you think we've been covering this song? (laughs) (laughs) And it was hilarious. But it was like this moment of realization. He was like, oh, okay. So welcome back to Southern Hills. I'm Kelly. And I'm Rachel. And today we are covering a topic that a lot of you have requested and we're pretty excited about it. As excited as you can be about debilitating childhood illnesses, (laughs) but also excited about talking shit about dumbasses, which is like one of our favorite pastimes anyway. (laughs) And this is just the creme de la creme of stupidity. Today's episode is about the anti-vaccination movement and the stupid fuckers propagating it. (laughs) As per the norm, Kelly and I took two different approaches, which... I always say that, like, you guys aren't going to fucking expect it. Like, hey, we're two people and we looked at things differently. Right. So you've, if you have followed this at all, you've already heard the arguments that are like, hey, vaccinations are safe and good. And here's the reasons why. I understand that that's not going to change anyone's mind because I know how fucking people work. So I wanted to tackle this issue from the perspective of why... Are anti-vaxxers the way that they are? (laughs) Why do you do the things that you do? (laughs) To quote Insane Clown Posse. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to talk about all the shit that your kid gets vaccinated against because I see it all the time. Kids get 74 vaccines by 18 months or whatever. They're just memes that name. Yes. It's stupid because for one... No, they fucking don't. They get doses of the same shot. And the reason they do that is to let their immune system process it in bouts, basically. But these dumb motherfuckers have to simplify things for their simple minds. And that's actually not true. A lot of anti-vaxxers are educated, intelligent people. Yes, I will touch on that a little later. But for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to refer to them almost exclusively as dumb motherfuckers. Yes. But, okay, so just very quickly, I wanted to do a brief history of the anti-vax movement, and I got this from a pretty fantastic article, The Anti-Vaccination Movement, A Regression in Modern Medicine. This was written by Azar Hussein et al. for Curious. So, I always associated the anti-vax movement with being very recent, but it's kind of always been a thing. It's been traced back to the 18th century Reverend Edmund Massey in England called vaccines, quote-unquote, diabolical operations in his 1772 sermon, The Dangerous and Sinful Practice of Inoculation. He decried vaccines as an attempt to oppose God's punishment upon man for his sins. Are you fucking joking right now? His argument was, we deserve to die. Yeah, babies deserve to die of measles. That's totally a good thing. What the fuck? What an asshole. (laughs) So just a quick fast forward to modern times. Um, There have been outbreaks of previously extinct diseases in modern times. In the 1970s and 1980s, many British parents refused to vaccinate their children against pertussis in response to a 1974 report that credited 36 negative neurological reactions to the whole cell pertussis vaccine. So pertussis vaccine uptake in the UK plummeted from 81% in 1974 to 31% in 1980. And surprise, surprise, there was a pertussis outbreak that put severe strain and pressure on the national health system. So after that, a national assessment of vaccine efficacy was published and there were financial incentives put in place for general practitioners to get vaccine numbers back up. And they did quickly reach normal levels. 
Sweet. Yeah. So fast forward to today. Um, in 1998, a British doctor named Andrew Wakefield published a paper in The Lancet that suggested a connection between the measles, mump, and rubella vaccine and development of autism in young children. Several studies later published disprove a causal association between the MMR vaccine and autism, but the damage was pretty much done. And even on top of that, a journalistic investigation revealed the conflict of interest because Wakefield had received funding from litigants against vaccine manufacturers, which he, of course, did not disclose to his co-workers or to medical authorities. So the Lancet retracted his study and he was struck off the UK medical registry which barred him from practicing medicine in the UK. So the paper was retracted. He lost his medical license and people still cite his study as being their justification for rejecting the MMR vaccine. Who is the, who's the celebrity? Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McCarthy. Jenny McFucking McCarthy. I, what is that? Isn't there a website that tracks the Jenny McCarthy headcount? Ooh. It, there is. I'm not going to Google it. But I'm tempted if I can Google it. We'll post it later. Yeah. Well, the way I approached this topic was, what are you getting vaccinated against? What are you risking your kids getting? What are they trying to prevent from happening by giving your kids these vaccines? Because contrary to what anti-vaxxers think, no one is just like, yeah, we'll just shove all this shit in your kid because why not? Right. I'm going to start with pertussis because that's what Kelly was just talking about. Pertussis is actually horrible. All of these things are horrible, but pertussis in particular, never mind, they're all fucking horrible. So pertussis most commonly occurs in preschool and school-age children, but can occur at any age. The illness typically starts 7 to 10 days after exposure to an infected person. One usually presents with mild upper respiratory symptoms, similar to the common cold. After one to two weeks, the illness progresses from a mild cough into the second stage of coughing paroxysms which I might be pronouncing wrong. So persistent and prolonged rapid coughing spells. Mm. The paroxysmal stage is categorized by coughing spells that often result in vomiting and is followed by a whooping sound. During a coughing spasm, the neck veins may pop out, eyes bulge, and the tongue may stick out. The person may even appear blue around the mouth and face. Oh, God. How often these paroxysmal or coughing episodes occur may vary. There can be several per hour or five to ten per day. The episodes are often worse at night and can interfere with sleeping. This stage can last up to three months. The symptoms Jesus. of cough gradually improve over weeks to months. This stage is often referred to as the convalescent stage. For six to 12 months following the illness, viral infections may be associated with a reappearance of the paroxysmal cough. Oh my God. Six to 12 months. Yeah. So by not getting your kid the pertussis vaccine... Which is DTaP, it's um, diphtheria. I broke these down individually because DTaP is just one shot, but it's um, diphtheria. I'm sorry, I'm saying that wrong. Diphtheria tetanus. It's diphtheria. Oh, really? Yeah. I have I, been saying that wrong my entire adult life. Me too. I looked at the Mayo Clinic. All of this information pretty much is either from the CDC or Mayo Clinic. And it's they have like a really big pronunciation. It's the only one that they did that with. So I imagine doctors are just like, wow. Yeah, <clears throat> that's pertussis. It can be deadly. I mean, obviously, because if you're coughing until you're blue in the face, yeah, I can imagine how that could be deadly. Especially over the course of months. Yeah, school-age children, but babies can get it. Oh, God. And I've read on the internet of anti-vaxxers talking about their baby dying of pertussis. And I just, could you imagine having to watch a kid go through that? Oh, no. One lady, oh my God, I don't, I don't remember... 
the exact details, but I read about this years ago. She had something like four kids. All four of them had it at the exact same time. Oh, God. That's its own. She got her kids vaccinated after that. Yeah, that's the hell that you deserve. Yes. So just for the sake of not making this episode boring as fuck and a listicle, we're going to just sprinkle in what these vaccines are. I like that idea. Yeah. Next up is hepatitis B. First things first, the reason that they vaccinate your baby within the first 24 hours is because they can get hepatitis B while exiting your per- exiting your person via your vagina. So what are the risks of contracting hep B? Motherfucking liver failure. That is insane. Yeah. Infants and children are more likely to develop chronic hep B, which is where the liver failure comes from. From the Mayo Clinic, hep B is a serious liver infection caused by the hep B virus. For some people, the infection becomes chronic meaning it lasts more than six months. Having chronic hep B increases your risk of developing liver failure, liver cancer, or cirrhosis, a condition that permanently scars the liver. That's why they vaccinate your baby in the first 24 hours. Because they can literally catch it as they're exiting the vagina. Yeah, they need it. It's not just happy fun time. We like watching babies cry. I like sticking newborns. Oh my God, which is the stupid... I've read on the internet anti-vaxxers be like, well, I just think that all these illnesses, I ain't never seen them, and I just hate watching my baby cry. You fucking coward. You've never seen them because we get vaccinated for them. Yeah. I, I really like the meme that I saw recently, which was the Rudolph and then the fallen reindeer. Have you seen that in the mall? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, it's like Rudolph displayed above this mall food court or whatever, and the rest of the display fell, so all the other reindeers were dead. Basically, they looked dead, and it was like, Vaccinated mothers, their children. Oh, grim. I spent a lot of time researching the psychology of anti-vaxxers because we've broached topics on this podcast before where there's overwhelming scientific evidence and people just refuse to believe it. And I, I'm always curious why. So yeah, I felt the same way about this topic because the scientific evidence is overwhelming that vaccinations are beneficial and the pros far outweigh the perceived cons. Yeah. So what is the issue here? And um, I found an article and an accompanying study. So the same group of people, it was Matthew Mata et al. They wrote an article for parent24.com called Why Anti-Vaxxers Think They Know More Than Medical Experts. And this article that was written in layman's terms, it references a study they did for uh, the journal Social Science and Medicine. And the study was called Knowing Less But Presuming More, Dunning-Kruger Effects and the Endorsement of Anti-Vaccine Policy Attitudes. Dunning-Kruger in the yes. house! Which is pretty much the explanation for all of this shit. So this team hypothesized that some American adults support anti-vax policy positions because they believe they know more than medical experts about autisms and its causes. With that hypothesis, they predicted that people with low autism awareness, e.g. people who lack knowledge of basic facts about autism, should be the most likely to think they are better informed than medical experts about the causes of autism and a Dunning-Kruger effect. This overconfidence should be associated with decreased support for mandatory vaccination policies and skepticism about the role that medical professionals play in the policy-making process. In short... Could the inability to accurately appraise their own knowledge and skills compared to those of medical experts play a role in shaping their attitudes about vaccines? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, yeah, this inability to appraise one's own knowledge about a particular subject is known as the Dunning-Kruger effect. 
It occurs when someone's lack of knowledge about a topic leads to them inaccurately gauging their expertise on that topic. So basically, you're such an idiot that you don't know you're an idiot. Yes, you are ignorant of the fact that you are ignorant because you don't actually know that much about the thing you're talking about. And since you don't know that much about the thing, you think you know a lot about the thing. Cough, cough, climate change. Yes. I love a big sample size and... This study surveyed 1,310 adults to compare their own perceived levels of knowledge about the cause of autism to those of medical doctors and scientists. They were then asked to answer a series of factual knowledge questions about autism. So they gave them a test about autism. Then they were asked about the extent to which they agree with the misinformation linking childhood vaccines and autism. Okay? 34% of U.S. adults felt that they knew as much or more than scientists. 36% felt the same way relative to medical doctors. Oh my god. So one third of the U.S. adult population thinks that they are as much or more informed than scientists and medical doctors about autism. Oh my god. It gets better. Ugh. 62% of those who performed the worst on the autism knowledge test believe they knew as much or more than scientists and medical doctors. Compare that to 15% of those who scored best on the knowledge test felt they knew as much or more than scientists oh, and medical doctors. All of this is so grim. <laughs> yeah, so of the people who did really bad, most of them were just like, I know what's up. Oh, and of the God. people who did really good, only a few of them were like, I know what's up. The rest were like, the scientific community probably knows more than I do. Yeah, because, yeah. You know what? I think that this episode is going to be as grim as baby coffins. (laughs) And just to really put the nail in the baby coffin, 71% of those who strongly endorse misinformation linking vaccines to autisms believe they knew as much or more than scientists and medical doctors. Why does this matter? Because this affects policy. 30% of people, nearly a third, who think they know more than medical experts strongly support giving parents the option to not vaccinate their children. Here's the thing that gets me. If you read on your handouts for your vaccines that they give you willingly at your fucking doctor, because I've been with Tulip, it tells you the list of possible problems. And they literally are like, hey, if you have any of these things, call us, go to the emergency room, whatever you want to do, just take care of your baby. Like, absolutely. Any of these things. It is a fraction in severity compared to how horrible the thing they are preventing is. But just another thing they found that I'm just going to slip in because it comes in again later. So they refer to these people who think they know as much or more as overconfident. Stupid is also. (laughs) So the overconfident stupid people are more likely to trust info from non-expert sources, such as celebrities. They are less likely to... Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. They're less likely to trust... Um, information from expert sources like medical journals or actual scientists. Their conclusion to this, like, how do we fix this problem? Because this is a problem. They suggest finding new ways to present scientific consensus on vaccines to an audience who is skeptical of medical experts. Ooh. So, yeah, how do we present this information to people who think that scientists are scary? They say, and I quote, future research should examine whether pro-vaccination information from non-expert sources, such as celebrities, could persuade anti-vaxxers to change their minds. 
Oh. And have we... We've talked about this before. No, that was about climate change. How we need just like a pro wrestler who's like <laughs> pro climate change. And then we need one who's like pro-vax. Yes. We need it. I got my vaccinations and now I'm big and strong. <laughs> we need Stone Cold Steve Austin. Come back. <laughs> and just he crushes a beer can and is like, <laughs> diphtheria is bullshit. <laughs> the website is JennyMcCarthyBodyCount.com. Oh, easy to remember. Number of preventable illnesses since June 2007, <laughs> 152,763. Oof, that's a lot of baby coughs. <clears throat> I don't know if I'll get to them today, but I did read some articles that maybe I'll post it on our Facebook. It's It shows how... Some of these anti-vaccination blogs are really convincing because they have charts and graphs for medical journals, but they are misrepresenting the data. And it does a really good job of breaking down exactly how this data is being misrepresented. So I think I will post that later. Yeah, and it is kind of a problem in pop science where data does <laughs> get misrepresented. That is one of the reasons why, um, yeah, I love the articles that are written about scientific findings, but I always try to trace it back to the original source and compare. Yeah. So... I do recommend doing that. Like, if you read an article that's just like, oh, there was a study and they found this, find the study and actually read what they did. Actually, <clears throat> funny story, Asheville was in national news recently for having one of the highest rates of a vaccine-preventable illness in this one particular county that had super, super high non-vaccination rates. Ooh. There were a lot of religious exemptions in this one school, and it <clears throat> just, they had an outbreak. I hated living in Asheville. Fucking hippies. So, God. They were so self-righteous. You need to give birth at home. You're pretty much a terrible mom if you don't give birth at home. And if you vaccinate your kids, you're going to hell. And these mother... (laughs) I would work with some of these people. So, I'd be friends with them on Facebook. And I would see articles get posted to their page. Like, the one that sticks out in my mind. And I unfriended this motherfucker after that. He said, unvaccinated kids are healthier than vaccinated kids. And he was like, well, no, duh. That was what he, and I was just like, unfriend, I ain't following this shit anymore. No more. That's not how that (laughs) shit works. (laughs) That's not how any of this works. Come on. The next illness on my list of horrible things that your child is getting to not get, thanks to modern medicine, rotavirus. Rotavirus is actually on the lower end of horrible things, Um, but I've actually had it, and it is fucking horrible. It's just not as deadly in the the modern world because you take your kid you get them on if your kid had it you would probably take them to the doctor and they would get iv fluids it's deadly in other parts of the world because it gives you the most explosive diarrhea you will ever have in your entire life for days i had it when i stayed with my sister in hawaii and the mosquitoes in hawaii are giant i remember laying on the bathroom floor just like Kill me. And oh this, my god, you got rotavirus? Yeah. And, I didn't know that. Oh, it was awful. Because my nephew went to daycare and he picked it up from daycare because kids are gross and have mysteriously sticky hands. So he got it there and then this mosquito was just flying around me and I was like, just take it. I don't, <laughs> I don't even care. I've lost the will to live. I can't poop anymore. I can't. It was awful. And if you've ever heard a child screaming and crying because they have diarrhea so bad why would you want to risk that i don't understand it yeah i think it's just a fundamental misunderstanding or a fundamental ignorance of how bad this shit is that's what i think too because when i went to read about these illnesses on the mayo clinic website it even sounded like oh it's not usually severe eh, meh, meh. 
Um, if you read what can happen, that's where it's like, holy shit. Yeah. So, diphtheria is a serious bacterial infection, usually affecting the mucous membranes of your nose and throat. Diphtheria typically causes a sore throat, fever, swollen glands, and weakness, but the hallmark sign is a sheet of thick gray material covering the back of your throat, which can block your airway, causing you to struggle for breath. Thick gray material. Yeah, with treatment, most people with diphtheria survive these complications, but recovery is often slow. Diphtheria is fatal in as many as 3% of those who get the disease. Left untreated, it can cause breathing problems, heart damage, and nerve damage. So, Damn. yeah, that's not, this is the thing that bothers me. If you already mistrust doctors, you're probably going to give your kids some fucking essential oils or some bullshit, and you're risking heart damage and nerve damage for no reason because you didn't want to hear them cry. Tulip cried <laughs> maybe a minute, maybe less than a minute, and then I had to come home and take her band-aid off, which basically waxed her little baby leg, and she cried again, <laughs> and I felt pretty bad that time. But the other time, I refused to be the person that melted or just broke down in tears watching her. I was like, no, she needs to know that pain is normal. It's a perfectly acceptable part of life. I'm not going to freak out for something she's going to have to deal with on a repeated basis. That's true. It's pitiful. Oh, my God. I've heard all of her little cries, and they all have different meanings, and you pick up on it eventually, and you can just tell that... It's a language. They cry in different ways for different things. The sound was so pitiful. But then it was gone after a minute and she was fine. Yeah. We had a totally normal day. Yeah, shots suck and they hurt and I hate them. Even as an adult, I still get lightheaded when I get a shot. I'm not going to lie. I hate them. Whoa. But I fucking do it. Yeah. Because it's what you do. And I just don't understand this attitude that... You have to prevent your baby from ever feeling any pain ever. That's ridiculous. Unrealistic at best. Yeah, and it sounds like rotavirus really fucking hurts. Oh my god. It's your butthole, man. (laughs) God, get a bidet. If you're gonna have rotavirus, don't be in the third world. Get a bidet. That's my (laughs) advice. (laughs) Duly noted. Babies can die really easily of dehydration in particular, And I just couldn't imagine wanting for your kid to shit their brains out, for one. But also, you're going to have to have them stuck to get their IV fluids. True. There's no way I could feed Tulip fast enough to replenish her liquids. She's not going to eat bottles that fast. You would have to take her to the hospital. Okay, it's your turn because we can't just cover the illnesses. This next one's a fun one, though. Okay. I have another anti-vaxxer psychology study that is fucking hilarious. This was conducted by Matthew Hornsey at All for Health Psychology. It's called The Psychological Roots of Anti-Vaccination Attitudes, a 24-nation investigation. They sampled fucking 5,323 participants in 24 goddamn countries. Holy shit. If that is not representative of people at large, I don't know what is. pretty fucking comprehensive, dude. They measured their anti-vaccination attitudes as well as other attitudes and beliefs. The other attitudes and beliefs they were questioned about kind of centered around their belief systems overall and tried to pick out any psychological factors that might motivate them to reject scientific consensus. That makes sense. I'm going to go through this one pretty quickly, but in order of magnitude, 
anti-vaccination attitudes were highest among the following. Number one, people who were high in conspiratorial thinking, a.k.a. people more likely to believe conspiracy theories. So people who have anti-vaccination attitudes were more likely to believe in a Illuminati. They're making the frogs gay! (laughs) And more likely to believe that 9-11 was an inside job. (laughs) Alex Jones, you son of a bitch. Insert jet fuel meme here. So if you see an InfoWars sticker, there's a solid chance they're not (laughs) pro-vaccine. Exactly. And that makes so much sense to me because it's just this distrust of the man. Yeah. Do you remember us getting in a conversation? Getting in a conversation? Yeah, that's true. Anyway, we were talking about fluoride in the water and someone was like, yeah, well, why do they do that? Why do they do that? Google it, dude. My understanding is yes, for yes, (laughs) but... For one, it's a cheap way to keep people's teeth from rotting out. Yes. Which is great for poor kids who don't get to go to the doctor. I'm sorry, to the dentist all that much. Second highest were people who had low tolerance for impingement on their freedoms. Infowars. Again. Alex Jones. Again. I have the freedom to die of diphtheria. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell me to put on my seatbelt. I'll fly through your windshield if I feel like it. Oh, <laughs> you can scoop my brains off the road if I want you to. That is my liberty to die a preventable death. I really like the road sign that was like, hey, people who drive trucks tend not to put their seatbelts on as much. You'll die. These fucking people who their knee-jerk response to anything that's like, do this, is don't tell me what to do. I'll rot my teeth out of my mouth if I feel like it. Yeah. Hey, vaccinate your kids so they don't shit until they die. Don't tell me what to do. My kid can cheat her brains out if I want her to. <gasps> oh, I fucking hate it. It's stupid. There's no other... I'm sorry. I think that there is a time and a place for strong language. And this is that time. You are being fucking stupid. <laughs> There's no two ways about it. Okay, this next one's good. Um, next in the order of magnitude, reported high levels of disgust toward blood and needles. AKA, I'm a fucking coward yeah. and I, I'm more scared of two seconds of pain and bleeding than I am of shitting until I die. Yes, I don't want to watch my baby get a shot because ew. <laughs> ah! <laughs> Jeez. And lastly, had strong individualistic slash hierarchical worldviews. So no surprises there. But in contrast, they were sure to note demographic variables, including education, accounted for non-significant or trivial levels of variance. So it doesn't fucking matter how much school you went to, you can still be a dumbass. What a time to be alive. Yeah, their takeaway from this, I like the way they word this, these data shed light on why repetition of evidence is (laughs) non-productive. We keep fucking telling you, and you won't fucking listen. And now we see why. It's because you're insane. (laughs) Word, word. So that kind of has similar conclusions to the last one, where they were just like, so yeah, these people don't like scientists, so how do we tell them science things? Please help (laughs) us, because we are nerds. Oh, we don't people well. (laughs) We need to get some Instagram thoughts. We need... Some rappers. Kelly, uh, <laughs> I think that we can be the thoughts for vaccines. Okay. Someone's got to do it. I will be a vaccine thought. I'll <clears throat> shake my C-section scar at that. 
We can make this happen. We can make this work. I believe in us. I don't believe in these people. And it makes me so upset. I had not to go back to drunk uncle ranting about breastfeeding, <laughs> which was super fun, by the way. It was fun to edit, too. <laughs> Kelly was texting me things. And I was like, what is that from? She was like, you, motherfucker. You said that. You from yesterday. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, now I feel like a narcissist. Tetanus. <laughs> Segways are hard. Spores of the bacteria that cause tetanus, not spores? pronouncing it. Spores. Are found in soil, dust, and animal feces. When they enter a deep flesh wound, spores grow into bacteria that can produce a powerful toxin, tetanospasmin, which impairs the nerves that control your muscles. The toxin can cause muscle stiffness and spasms. Tetanus is a serious bacterial disease that affects your nervous system, leading to painful muscle contractions, particularly of your jaw and neck muscles. Tetanus can interfere with your ability to breathe and can threaten your life. Tetanus is commonly known as lockjaw. That and sounds terrible. Yeah, its symptoms are spasms and stiffness, stiffness in your neck, difficulty swallowing, stiffness of your abdominal muscles, painful body spasms lasting for several minutes, typically triggered by minor occurrences such as a draft, loud noise, physical touch, or light. Oh, God. Possible other signs and symptoms include fever, sweating, elevated blood pressure, and rapid heart rate. So, um... All these crunchy bitches who aren't vaccinating their kids who are like, my kid's playing the dirt. I've got real kids. Oh, God. You're going to have real dead kids if you can't feed them because they have lockjaw. I mean, maybe they're good at making smoothies. What do I know? <laughs> Pneumococcal conjugate. That's a mouthful. Yeah, it is. And this vaccine confused me. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a doctor. I was literally looking at... The American Association, American Academy of Pediatrics recommended vaccine schedule. And I only went to 18 months, so I didn't cover HPV vaccine, which is controversial for stupid reasons like everything else. They're like, well, why do we give it to girls and boys if only girls can get it? Because boys give it to them. Oh, my God. You can render your daughter completely infertile. You are ruining the chance to have your future grandchildren. Because you thought she didn't need this vaccine. And she could also die from cervical cancer. Yeah. I mean, obviously to us, it's a lose-lose. But how do they not see how much they could be taking from her and themselves? That's the part that gets me. It's like, even if you're like, well, if she gets cervical cancer from being a hoe, I didn't raise her to do that. Exactly. It's got to stem back from that. Like, every time someone has an issue for anything related to contraception or safe sex or std prevention it always 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 100 percent of the time stems back to slut shaming i it's a controversial statement but that is my goddamn belief yeah it's controlling the female body that's all they want to do yes she don't need to be having sex if she don't want to get genital warts and i've actually known people to become infertile from hpv <laughs> so i don't Get your kid vaccinated. I can't stress this enough. And there's no shame of being vaccinated for a sexually transmitted disease. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So I didn't cover the symptoms of HPV, but there you go. That's pretty much the gist of it. And you don't get that shot until way later. That yeah. was my point. Um, I mean, in many cases, it is asymptomatic, but you can have genital warts. It can develop into cervical cancer or infertility. There's a lot of terrible things that can happen, but... 
HPV is one of those things. You may not have any symptoms for a very long time. So if you can get the vaccination, get the vaccination. Seriously. So what are the repercussions of the anti-vax movement? Um, it's worth noting that only 72.2% of children aged 19 to 35 months in the U.S. were fully vaccinated in 2015, I think. It takes a rate of 90 to 95% to achieve herd immunity. So ideally, 90 to 95% of the population would be vaccinated. But right now, it's more like 72.2% of children are being vaccinated. <clears throat> so yeah, what are the repercussions for this trend? Well, outbreaks. In 1998, 56 UK citizens contracted measles. In 2006, eight years later, 449 did, including the first measles death since 1992. Aww. MMR vax rates in the UK were 92% in 1996 and 84% in 2002. So vaccination rates go down, contraction rates go up. Who would have guessed? A measles outbreak occurred here in the States in 2014. It originated in Disneyland. Happiest place on (laughs) earth. 125 people contracted measles. Damn. Yeah. That's a pretty major outbreak. The people exposed to measles in this area had vaccination rates as low as 50% and no higher than 86%. Oh. And as a direct result of this outbreak, California passed Senate Bill 277, which banned personal and religious exemptions to abstain from vaccination. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So, yeah. Fuck your NMEs. Seriously. Actually, whenever I looked up measles, I wanted to know what about it was fatal. And most of the bacterial infections and viral infections can cause encephalitis. And that's one of the ways that's inflammation of your brain. And depressingly enough, in Googling that, I read Roald Dahl's experience with losing his seven-year-old daughter to measles oh my god she was seven she was seven and he wrote this pro-vaccine letter that people are familiar with but i read this other letter that he had that he had stored in a journal somewhere that they found where he just described that day and he was like oh my god drove to the hospital drank whiskey like there's it's just beat by beat the day his daughter died i wanted to read it but it makes me tear up just thinking about it. I, I, could, I can't read it. It's so sad. But I, everybody should Google. If you're thinking, I'm not going to vaccinate my kid, just go read Roald Dahl's experience with losing his kid. Yeah, that's a risk you're taking. So if you're not vaccinating your kid because you fear that they may develop autism, um, first of all, you're wrong. But second of all, compare that to the alternative of them dying of a preventable disease. Fun fact, on the subreddit, are anti-vaxxers or vax happened? There was this post where a girl in one of these groups, one of these echo chambers, posted, I lost my kid to the measles, but I need, basically she was seeking validation. I'm not going to, I don't remember the exact words, but she said, but I think the vaccination would have been worse, right? Like would have made the measles worse for him or her? No. No, I don't think that. The vaccination is worse than death. I'm pretty sure that is the ultimate worst that, that's possibility. That's the ultimate bad thing that can happen is yeah. your kid dies. Yeah. And it, like what kind of monster? I think that they just view their, their kids as an extension of themselves and not their own person that has to stand out in the world. I definitely agree with that. And that response kind of cements that for me because if I was like, I don't want to vaccinate my kid for reason and then my kid died, I would probably just like... I don't know, but I definitely want to be showing my face on the internet, seeking validation for my choices. Seriously, and questioning that it would have been worse. Worse how? Right. 
super disgusting and full of just absolute idiots drinking their own pee. That's not even a joke. That's what the vac... They're they're just just straight up drinking their own pee because it has quote-unquote medicinal properties. Not gonna take vaccines, drinking their own pee. Holy shit. And oh my god, another one of these. I'm sorry, this is a tangent and I have a ton of... I got a ton of more horrible illnesses to get through. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're waiting with bated breath. I know. That's the thing, though. In, in like, the Mayo Clinic, it was, like, typically not severe, typically not severe, but you're still risking that chance that your kid is going to be the kid that has the horrible thing happen. Right. And I so I covered, like, well, this is the horrible shit that could happen. Anyway, this lady was saying, hey, my kid had an upper respiratory infection, and I have a diffuser, and I wanted to diffuse eucalyptus, and it didn't tell me how much to diffuse, so I diffuse a lot. Her kid had a seizure, and then woke up and started walking on their tiptoes, like tiptoe walking. And that's, she was like, I know that that can be a sign of neurological problems. It's one of the like hints at autism if your kid walks on their, their tiptoes. Wow. She was like, so what, what do I do? Go to the fucking hospital, bitch. Yeah, why, are you, why are you on Facebook? Why? Holy shit. I, just, I didn't know how much to diffuse. So I just did a lot rather than Googling. Yeah, and it's pure eucalyptus. That shit is poison. It's poison. You put a whole bunch of poison into your kid's lungs, and people just tell you that that's a thing that you should do. I don't understand the world. I don't like vaccines, but I put pure poison on my kid's lungs, and he had a seizure. But it was natural. You know what else is natural? The wood that makes baby coffins. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I shouldn't laugh at that, but I was not expecting that. Pneumococcal conjugate. <laughs> Serious diseases that are often caused by pneumococci, including pneumonia, meningitis, and febrile bacteriomia, sinusitis or bronchitis, are more common but less serious manifestations of infection. In 2005, World Health Organization estimated that 1.6 million people die of pneumococcal diseases every year. Damn. This estimate includes the deaths of 0.7 to 1 million children less than 5. Ooh. Complications. Doctors consider pneumococcal infections to be invasive. Invasive disease means that germs invade parts of the body normally free from germs. So yeah, meningitis and the like. They're trying to prevent as many varieties of pneumococcal diseases as they can in that one. Which kill a lot of people, it turns out. Yes. Uh, Millions. Yes. Um, One of the things that they are preventing is inflammation of the sac surrounding the heart. About 5 out of 100 people with non-invasive pneumococcal pneumonia will die from it, but the rate may be higher among elderly patients. Okay, I'm going to burn through one more. (laughs) It's an oldie but a goodie. Are you ready? I'm ready. Polio. Oh, yeah. Polio is a contagious viral illness that in its most severe form causes nerve injury leading to paralysis, difficulty breathing, and sometimes death. One of the other things that can happen that I didn't even know about was post-polio syndrome. Post-polio syndrome is a cluster of disabling signs and symptoms that affect some people years after having polio. Common signs and symptoms include progressive muscle or joint weakness and pain, muscle atrophy, fatigue, breathing or swallowing problems, sleep-related breathing disorders, decreased tolerance of cold temperatures. So even if you don't get paralyzed by polio, (laughs) shit can get real later. Wow. I did not know that either. I don't understand why they don't just tell you. They just give you this list, and the list is just words to people. It's just right. pneumococcus, 
macaque, measles. Yeah, pneumococci, what the fuck does that mean to me? Exactly. And then you read, oh, okay, you're helping to prevent my kid's heart from getting inflamed. Yeah. That has a little bit more zing to it. Maybe we should get in on the anti-vax marketing team. That's true. Yeah, I think marketing is an issue. We've talked about this before on this podcast, how nerds, they're kind of just like, um, here's the data. You may want to consider it. It's usually not severe, but it can be severe. There can, there can be problems. There's a potential for problems, but it's it's rare. It's rare. <laughs> we need, yeah, and then a pro wrestler just bust through and be like, this shit fucking sucks. <laughs> Your kid could be the kid who gets an inflamed heart, motherfucker. <laughs> Your kid could be the kid who dies of a fever from measles, you dumb bitch! <laughs> Get those fucking oilies out of here! Oh no! <laughs> oh god. <clears throat> oh, my throat. Hot spots. <laughs> <laughs> On the topic of outbreaks, here's a study from the Public Library of Science Medicine by Jacqueline Olive et al. The state of the anti-vaccine movement in the United States, a focused examination of non-medical exemptions in states and counties. So they were looking at the number of NMEs or non-medical exemptions in states that allow non-medical exemptions. There are 18 and in 12 of those 18 states, aka two thirds, the number of NMEs is increasing, which is bad news. And they have identified several as they call them, hotspot metropolitan areas that are especially susceptible to disease outbreaks directly because of the number of NMEs they're looking at. They named 15 cities, but I'm just going to list five. Seattle, Washington, Portland, Oregon, Phoenix, Arizona, Salt Lake City, Utah, and Detroit, Michigan. And they base these hotspots on the number of kindergarten children entering school with an NME. So stupid people are ruining it for everybody. So, I mean, what this is telling me is that there are hot spots. There are entire cities that are more susceptible to disease because of an increase in anti-vaccination beliefs. Okay, I figured out our villain. It's Dunning-Kruger. It's like Freddy Krueger, he kills children. But Dunning-Kruger. But Dunning-Kruger, he kills children with misinformation. (laughs) How would that work? See, what would his hands be? Yeah, what would he have for fingers? Um, (gasps) Broken syringes? Ooh. Or broken vials? He just has broken vials. He's like, you don't get any of these. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, instead of, because Freddy Krueger has the knife fingers and cuts you with them, he has the syringes and he withholds them. (laughs) (laughs) He's just like greedy with them. He's like, He just shakes them on his chest like this. He's like, trust me, I know, I know what I'm doing. Just, you don't want these. Trust me. You're going to be healthier when you're dead. (laughs) Well, buckle up, kids. We got some more debilitating illnesses to get through. (laughs) Influenza, not going to cover it because, oh, actually, influenza. So everyone knows the flu. I'm not going to cover that part. So here's the sobering statistic. According to the CDC, An estimated 80,000 Americans died of the flu and its complications during 2017 to 2018 season. This is the highest death toll from the flu in at least four decades. God damn. I read literally moments before we recorded this that 41% of adults aren't going to get the vaccine. A lot of people think that it makes them sick. They're like, I had a cold all year. You have fucking allergies. And I know this because I always thought that in the winter, I just mysteriously had a cold for three months. And then I went to the doctor and the doctor was like, are you taking any antihistamines? And I was like, no, I haven't had that problem since. People (laughs) think, oh, springtime, springtime is allergy time. 
you can have allergy problems year round. I get a cold every single winter, regardless of whether or not I get the vaccine. So if I got the vaccine, I could still get a cold. There is no vaccine or cure for the common cold. The flu shot will not keep you from getting a cold. Yeah, so it could just be false correlation, you dumb bitches. Yes. Mumps. (laughs) (laughs) I really wish we had video right now. (laughs) This would be a good episode for it. The primary sign of mumps is swollen salivary glands that cause the cheeks to puff out. Other signs and symptoms may include pain in the salivary glands, pain while chewing, fever, headaches, muscle aches, fatigue, loss of appetite. There is a list of other possible problems. Basically anything that can cause encephalitis or any any sort of bacterial infection can cause inflammation problems in other parts of your body. So I looked up some of those. Testicles. <laughs> this condition, known as orchitis, causes one or both testicles to swell in males who reach puberty. It is painful, but it rarely, but occasionally, rarely means sometimes it happens, leads to the inability to father a child. Oh, God. Brain. Viral infections such as mumps can lead to inflammation of the brain, encephalitis. Encephalitis can cause neurological problems and become life-threatening. Encephalitis is what killed Roald Dahl's daughter. Anyway, membranes and fluid around the brain and spinal cord, this condition known as meningitis, can occur in the mumps virus spread through your bloodstream to infect your central nervous system or your pancreas, or you can have hearing loss in one or both ears or heart problems because it can cause abnormal heartbeat and diseases of the heart. Hmm. It can also cause miscarriage. Contracting mumps while you're pregnant, especially early in your pregnancy, can cause miscarriage. So all these people not vaccinating their kids, I don't know if you've noticed this like common thread, it can cause, the, the next one in particular, but it can cause problems with your hypothetical future grandchildren. Rubella. Rubella, also called German measles or three-day measles, is a contagious viral infection best known for its distinctive red rash. No treatment will shorten rubella, and symptoms are often so mild that treatment usually isn't necessary. However, doctors often recommend isolation from others, especially pregnant women during the infectious period. Support of an infant born with congenital rubella syndrome varies depending on the extent of the infant's problems. It didn't explain what congenital rubella syndrome was. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. You know how we're like all concerned about Zika right now and how it causes birth defects? Congenital rubella syndrome is an illness in infants that results from maternal infection with rubella during pregnancy. When the infection occurs during early pregnancy, serious consequences such as miscarriages, stillbirths, and a constellation of severe birth defects can result. Woof. The congenital infection and defects is highest during the first 12 weeks, so three months, of gestation and decreases after the 12th week of gestation. Defects are rare after the 20th week, so when you're five months pregnant, then it becomes rare. That's a long time. Yeah. So chicken pox. Okay, when we were kids, there was no vaccine for chicken pox, so I was kind of surprised to learn that there was one today, but there is a vaccine for chicken pox. Yeah, I remember having chicken pox, and it was during the snow of 93. Oh, God. Yeah, when I was kindergarten age, chicken pox was just a thing that you eventually got. People have things like chicken pox parties now, where they intentionally take their kid to get chicken pox so that they can have more than one person take care of them. That's fucking gross. Okay, so the chicken pox vaccine was introduced in the United States in 1995. So I was already in kindergarten by then and had already caught and contracted the disease. Yep. And now we're at risk for shingles. Woohoo! 
Yeah, so now anti-vaxxers do this thing that they used to do before the vaccine existed, where they would get kids together and get them to get chicken pox. The reason that used to happen is, well, if they all get it at one time, you have more than one adult, and you can cycle through taking care of the kids together, which is brilliant for the 1800s. Right, we don't raise our children in communes anymore, you fucking hippies. Stop what you're doing. And here's a good reason to not fucking give your kids chicken pox. Chicken pox is normally a mild disease, but it can be serious and can lead to complications or death, especially in high-risk people. Complications include bacterial infections of the skin, soft tissue, bones, joints, or bloodstream, dehydration, pneumonia, encephalitis, toxic shock syndrome, or Ray's syndrome for people who take aspirin during ch- chicken pox. I think they just wanted another bullet point. Because hmm. anybody can have Ray's syndrome. Hepatitis A. Hepatitis A is a highly contagious liver infection caused by the hepatitis A virus. Causing fatigue, sudden nausea and vomiting, abdominal pain or discomfort, especially on the upper right side beneath your lower ribs, loss Hmm. of appetite, clay-colored bowel movements, low-grade fever, dark urine, joint pain, yellowing of the skin, and intense itching. Sounds hellish. Yes. Why do you want to risk your kid getting that? Because you're an idiot. I answered the question. Meningococcal disease is a serious illness caused by a type of bacteria called Neisseria. Nope. That's I, I a can't pronounce that. Leading name for a bacteria. They're just like Neisseria. That don't sound so bad. I think I pronounced it wrong. It's like N E I S S E R I A. Whatever. It can lead to meningitis, infection of the lining of the brain and spinal cord, and infections of the blood. Meningococcal disease often occurs without warning, even among people who are otherwise healthy. Anyone can get meningococcal disease, but certain people are at increased risk. Even when it is treated, meningococcal disease kills. 10 to 15 infected people out of 100. Damn. About 10 to 20 out of every 100 will suffer disabilities such as hearing loss, brain damage, kidney damage, amputations, nervous system problems, or severe scars from skin grafts. Jeez. So there you have it. In the first 18 years of your baby's life with their developing little immune system, you can help prevent them from experiencing all of this horrible shit. And kids are resilient, so don't be a pussy. The excuse of, I don't like when my baby cries, and ain't no anybody that's had these illnesses. I guess my takeaway is, don't be a coward. I guess my takeaway, other than all of that shit sounds way more horrible than I even thought, is that it it seems like this anti-vax movement, it stems from the parents' fucking psychological slash political beliefs. And again, your child is not an extension of yourself. And I think it's pretty telling that people who perform better on the knowledge test were much more likely to say, yeah, the scientific community knows a lot more than I do. If you think you know more than doctors and scientists on a particular subject, you better do your goddamn research. And research is not mommy blogs. I'm sorry, it's not. And this whole thing that they say, kids get 74 vaccines by 18 months. No, they don't. They get 14 different potentially deadly or debilitating illnesses prevented and i looked at it your kid should get about 32 shots by 18 months i would much rather my kid get 32 shots over the course of 18 months than my kid get real sad all of a sudden (laughs) oh she just made the most pitiful little noises she's hungry it's her eating hour good timing yeah exactly i was like oh my heart long story short vaccines don't cause autism we can't tell anyone that they don't listen no but even if they did cause autism and they fucking don't but even if they did autism is better than being dead 100 percent of the time 
And the vaccine isn't worse than death, lady on the internet. <laughs> yeah. We so, shouldn't have to tell you people this. God, why? Why? That should be our motto. <laughs> Southern Hills. We shouldn't have to tell you this. <laughs> Southern Hills. <laughs> if you're ready to listen to more Drunk Uncle Ranting, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Overcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you next Thursday.